Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, episode 102. My name is Charles. I'm Wilson. I'm Crossman. And Wilson, why don't you tell us what Movies Charles Hasn't Seen is all about? Okay, on this show, um, each week one of us will select a movie that we enjoy to share with the other two. Um, We discuss the movie and its merits, where it fits into film culture, where it fits in uh, politically, and whether or not we like it at all. Um, And and, and go from there. Um, This week we watched Danny Boyle's when was it made? When was 2002. 2002. We watched Danny Boyle's 2002 movie, 28 Days Later. Uh, Crossman, this was your pick. Why don't you tell us about 28 Days Later? Sure. Um, 28 Days Later, um, if you're familiar with The Walking Dead, oh, yeah, has a, lot a of walking dead very things. similar opening, although apparently that's coincidental and not intentional. Sure. Um, our hero, played by Cillian Murphy, wakes up in a hospital, presumably out of a coma. Uh, he is unaware of the events that have transpired while he's asleep. Um, while he was asleep, uh, London was destroyed by a zombie outbreak. Uh, he kind of like wanders around an empty London until he comes upon a group of survivors who save him from uh, what they call the infected, which are basically just zombies. Um, this includes Naomi Harris and some other guy. Um, Gleason. <laughs> No, Gleason comes Oh, no, the other guy that dies, yeah. Yeah. They kind of, like, bring him up to speed on what's happening with the zombie outbreak. That guy dies fairly quickly. Then they meet uh, Brendan Gleason and his daughter, Hannah, and they sort of take refuge with them, but then they pick up on a radio recording that says there's, like, this group of military guys somewhere near uh, Manchester, and uh, they decide as, as a group to, like, try and make it there. Brendan Gleeson doesn't survive the journey, but they do make it to these military guys who initially appear to be their salvation. Um, but it turns out they're a bunch of like murderers and rapists. Which is also um, what happens in The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> end up ha- escaping, and the military guys, a lot of them get killed. And yeah, uh, yeah and then the movie kind of ends, presumably, with their rescue. Right. Uh, uh, on airplane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have not seen this movie before, um, so this is the first in our new format where only one of us will have seen the movie, and Charles, you haven't seen it either, so what did no. you, you think of 28 Days Later? Um, I quite enjoyed it. I'm a big fan of uh, zombie media, I guess, since most of the zombie stuff I've consumed is in video form. Um, There's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I love the general like kind of story tropes and beats that come with it, like, you know... The, the kind of post-apocalyptic survival aspect of it, the like teaming up and seeing if you can trust other people aspect of it, um, and just the general kind of like horrors of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I did feel like um, the movie Tread on Ground that I've explored numerous times over and over again, because they do cover kind of the same things every time. They like meet other survivors. You're not sure if you can trust them. You have to be able to kill them if they get infected. Um, and then, you know, you, you think some people are helping you, but they're actually going to screw you over because man is the real monster, you know, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I've seen them time and time again. So the plot beats here felt maybe a bit predictable. Um, but I guess this is a bit earlier of a zombie movie, so it might've not been like well explored back then. I, I don't know the like temporal context of this movie within the zombie genre. I think it definitely set the mold for like the modern zombie film. Yeah, I, uh, I think what was unique about this film at the time was that like zombies move faster than the sort of Frankenstein mm-hmm. pace that you would have mm-hmm. seen in like the Romero, like the early Romero films. And yeah, so so I think it was like kind of groundbreaking at the time. Like, yeah, people thought it was like there. There's some critics that describe it as like the scariest movie. To like come out, period. Yeah, which it it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, this is basically an action movie, (laughs) as far as I can tell. Like, there are horror elements, but I would not. If if it weren't for those reviews, I wouldn't really have read this as a horror movie first. I mean, I just read zombie stuff as horror in general. Yeah, because they tend to feature like kind of gross things and like jump scares and things like that. Right, and I get that, but I mean, it felt like they were not emphasizing those elements as much as they were. I still think that like the fast zombie was like. Yes. kind of invention of this film and that was like what at the time what like really got people okay was that was like a new thing and that seemed like much more intense than and it is it's much more intense than the slowly shuffling zombie of the 60s and 70s yes and, I, and that's it works like that is as far as I can tell or in my opinion anyway like that's an effective 
technique here, right? Like that way is, more threatening. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it, it does set you up for more jump scares and like more high-paced kind of action. Yeah, um, which is cool. Like it just spices up the genre a little bit because narratively, this does I think follow a, a script or whatever the galaxy calls a script, like <laughs> <laughs> a pattern, um, yeah. uh, pretty well. Uh, speaking of the script, this was written by Alex Starland, yes. who we've mentioned in positive terms uh, numerous times on the on the show here, because uh, he went on to direct Ex Machina and then Annihilation last year. Yeah, uh, this is a pretty good foot to get off on with. Yeah, and, yeah. Was it his writing debut? Uh, I don't know that. This is a huge hit, though. Right, uh, um, and he, he worked like Danny Boyle had done a fair amount of things. At this point, like he wasn't nobody. He, yeah, he'd done train spotting. Which yeah, was right. Exactly. He had done train spotting. Yeah, um, and he would go on to make Slumdog Billionaire, um, which got him the Oscar. So he did The Beach two years before this, and, and, and that was a bomb. But, okay. but it's one of those films where people are like trying to like re uh, reevaluate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he went on to make a lot of excellent science fiction movies. Yeah. Um, after that, that also didn't make a lot of money. At least in the case of Annihilation. <laughs> um, but Dread, too. Yeah, Dread. Yeah, which yeah, we yeah. sort of very highly positive about. So. Yeah, that, that is also true. Um, let's start at the beginning here. Like, what, what do we think of the... Like, we have the cold open with all the crazy monkeys and their monkey disease, um, which I guess kind of sets us up as, like, environmental freedom fighters and bad guys in this yeah. movie. I don't, I don't know if they're, 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 they're bad. bad guys. They're just... Uh, Mistaken, right? Which yeah. is like I guess how they're often framed, but like that was like a unexpected way to start this one. Well, I, I think like they they do show like the experimentation that's happening like is very cruel. Yeah, and yeah. so they're not wrong in, in that aspect. No, I mean yeah. you got to question why the chimpanzees had rage infe- infection in them in the first place. Yes, right? and like was rage like maybe a military experiment or something? They don't go over that, but well, sometimes in zombie stuff, it's military tech I, I do like that they leave it fairly open for interpretation it's just like yeah there's some like weird stuff going on on this lab and it kind of like it opens up the world without like being too prescriptive yeah what well, like, the, well, the first images we get are like just various like newsreel footage of people being angry in the world and then you find out that like a monkey's strapped to a table watching this with like electrodes coming out of its head yeah and so maybe they're trying to make it angry. right it and it's like strange. what is going on here and also like did they use actual monkeys in this movie? Because some of those monkeys look pretty real. Um, it it and, definitely seemed real. Yeah, and I was like, that's that seems like a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know about that one. Um, but yeah, like that was that was a cold open, which kind of had like a sci-fi channel feel to it. Um, but I think this movie was made on a budget. Like, I think. It's, I did. I did feel like the movie had a very like early two thousands music video look to it. Like yeah. the 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 camera angles and the sort of color tone of the movie reminded me of a lot of those kind of like I don't know maybe like a metal heavy metal music video from that time period this is like the high point of like indie rock I think mm-hmm. it's like 2002 maybe indie <laughs> rock like hits it a little more after this but you're you're spot on I was, I was ready to talk about that too like this yeah. this whole movie shot like a music video they use music to fill in a, what would be like a lot of empty sound yeah Especially at the beginning, where you have like just Cillian Murphy walking through the fainting streets of London and all that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it would have been better to kind of leave off the pop music that they use in the film, but because oftentimes it feels a little prescriptive for like how you should feel about things, and I wonder like leaving that off might have made it like more interesting and thoughtful. I, I, I liked. Oh no, go ahead. Boyle's definitely like a pop filmmaker though so I think he's shooting for like a broad audience and rather than like a capital A audience where like if it were just like silent while he's walking around London mm-hmm. which that, is that would appeal to that's yeah. how Garland would have directed it yeah right? like, and I think that would be very challenging for like a normal audience yes versus what Boyle did here was like let's just make all this he was very influenced by music videos clearly in this in this film I mean I, I liked the music that they used for yeah, many for segments sure. of it so I thought it added positively the atmosphere and the dread I, that was happening I, I love the song that they're using when um, the like military house is like starting to fall apart yeah and well that's like the iconic theme right the yeah. one that people remember from this yeah movie. I, I, I love that. I think that's great. Yeah, that one I've but, heard independently of the movie. Yeah. 
Um, and you're right about that, like, angles. The way it's shot looks like a music video just from, like, the camera, the usage of the camera. And, well, you know. I, I think that strikes up my biggest problem with this movie is that Doyle, or Boyle's, like, haphazard and very enthusiastic use of Dutch angles. Like, yeah, yeah definitely random moments that. throughout this movie. I feel, I feel like one of the first things I wrote down in my notebook was they're using a lot of extreme angles here. Right, well, specifically Dutch angles, right? Where he, what, for the audience members that may not know, like, like traditionally a, cam, a, a shot is framed where the bottom of the shot is, is parallel with the horizon. And a Dutch angle is when it's not parallel with the horizon, when it's at some sort of angle. And it usually emphasizes the audience feeling uneven, unstable, right? Like when something crazy is gonna happen, when something disorienting is going on. But Doyle was using it when there was just like a conversation between two characters, right? So you just, like when uh, Cillian Murphy and Naomi Harris get to Brandon Gleason's apartment and they finally like have a heart-to-heart moment, he shot all that using Dutch angles, which makes no <laughs> sense, right? Like we're supposed to be feeling like this is their, right. their stabilizing moment where they're coming together and like learning a little bit more about each other, like Cillian Murphy is reaching out and she's pulling back and like this is character yeah. stuff going on. And to shoot all of that at Dutch angles, is like the opposite of effective cinematography, right? Like it's the, yeah. the exact antithesis of the feeling he should be going for there. And yeah. it, it demands really just a more traditional shot reverse shot style really, uh, camera work. It really contributed to the movie feeling very early 2000s, early yes. 90s, because it reminded me a lot of those like, you know, there was like a like an extreme wave in the commercials during mm-hmm. that time period where just everything was marketed to like skateboarders. And, like, <laughs> they use a lot of Dutch angles and all those, and like kind of these like harsh, uh, color tones. Yeah, I, I think this would have benefited from like the favorite style shooting where it's just like one flat look yeah. on everything. Yeah. I was reimagining it like that. I was like, yeah, that would have been much more effective. And like longer scenes. There's a lot of like fast cuts Lots in this. Fast cuts. And I think they're just covering up the budget. I think that's what that is. Because this, this feels like a lower budget movie. Yeah. And I think they're moving the camera a lot and they're using a lot of color filters and things like that to cover up that fact. Which is fine. Like sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, I think um, the other thing that made it feel very 90s was, at least in the version that I saw, it was kind of grainy. It was like definitely SD, not HD. Yeah, that's how I felt too. I watched it on Hulu and I was like, is is my thing buffering? Is it on Hulu? I missed it. I paid money. Oh, yeah. Is it going to put HD? It's free on Hulu. I'm all four bucks. I think 28 weeks later is on Hulu. Yeah, okay. yeah, it, it looked like a music video because it had that, like, grain and, like, a 90s music video specifically. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, it I looks like it was shot on video, not on um, film. Not on film. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you're right. It, I think it was definitely shot visually. Yeah. Um, and Danny Boyle eventually got more money later on for Slumdog Millionaire, but he still uses all the Dutch angles. So it's one thing, like, <laughs> if, he's, if he's covering stuff, he's covering a budget with his fast cuts and his filters and all that, fine. But, like, when he's doing this in multiple films with like multiple styles and multiple genres and he's still going back to this technique, it feels like just kind of really undirected filmmaking and like unintentional filmmaking and that's bad. That's like, it's not good. No, that's just his signature style now, So man. signature style doesn't understand basic like <laughs> cinematic language because <laughs> this, is, this is really uh, like fundamental stuff. And it feels like he's whiffing it on multiple occasions here. Yeah, I was looking at his filmography, and it definitely felt very uneven. Like, Train Spotting, pretty good. Beach, uh, controversial. Twenty Eight <laughs> Days Later, very good. Then we get into like Millions and Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire, and Steve Jobs. And, oh, he did uh, that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Is that the Ashton Kutcher that's one. The yeah, and he got like a lot of critical acclaim for those movies, but I was not a fan. Slumdog Millionaire is like I feel it's like pretty that's racist. A, a, yeah, yeah, super racist, and yeah. I think that it's one that if we were to watch it now, like we would be utterly baffled. That this was, was it was the best picture, right? It was at least a nominee. I don't know if I'm pretty won sure it won that year. Okay, I would believe it, but it, it um, doesn't make any sense. Like everything about that, like narratively, it's just utter nonsense. Yeah. I never saw it, so so like okay, it won, so it won eight Oscars. That's a, so many. Best picture, directing, adapted screenplay, wow. cinematography. Uh, film editing. So the gimmick is score that like original song. Poor kid in India ends up on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and all of the questions are like directly related to something that he personally experienced in his life, like incidentally. Yeah. And like most of the movie is told in flashback as like he's asked the question on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, 
And he's like, oh yeah, I remember when I was a poor kid living in the streets and like, this guy tortured me and I picked up this little bit of information or whatever and now I can answer this question on the game show. Yeah, and I remember like, reading a critique of, of this that like, the, he's like, he doesn't have any like, I mean, it's been so long since I read this, but it was like, he because he doesn't like gain the knowledge on his own, he's right. like, it's, it's, he's not like worthy of, of the money. So like the critique was like, the, the fact that he like doesn't have any agency as like a person in this situation is right. meant is a way of saying that like oh he's poor and he's just like happening into this money he doesn't like deserve it or doesn't that's exactly how great it right or, or that he's not capable of gaining this information on his own right only he's only through of, accident could he right you can't derive money. it from yes. stuff that he's already known which is how yeah. a lot of people answer trivia questions which reinforces like case and colonial thinking right yeah yeah and that that is how we feel so yeah, yeah slumdog millionaire is bad um i have problems with this movie but it's better than slumdog millionaire <laughs> that, is, that is for sure um so we uh, i didn't know brendan gleason was in this movie when i started watching it and i actually said in my room out loud hey it's brendan gleason yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i thought the exact same thing yeah. i actually wasn't sure for a second because it was so dark in his apartment yeah it, it, it is him he's always a delight to see in every single movie he like improves the movie he's great what He's just one of those actors. I, it's always a pleasure. Um, and you guys go here too. I wonder if it's how Dom Hall got the role in Ex Machina. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I didn't put that together. But yeah. yeah, that would. I mean, he's good at it. He deserves it. He has good work. Oh yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I, did, I had not connected the two, yeah. <laughs> two of them there. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I like Dom Hall was in Dread too. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, I keep forgetting about that. Okay. There, yeah. there you go. That relationship. Um, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he plays like a good kind of Santa Clausy dad figure. Right, who yeah. somehow survived the zombie apocalypse. Right. Yeah. Well, he's got right here. Yeah, <laughs> a big shield. Oh, where'd you get that? Right. But yeah, there's a story behind that. Well, yeah. he's a cabbie too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question because I know when I first saw it, I was like, oh, he must be have been a cab, but he wasn't a cab. He was a right. cabbie. I like that they when they're driving up to Manchester, he keeps the till running the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Great detail. And you see, like, like they're halfway through the trip. It's like a four hundred dollar bill or four hundred pound bill to yeah. to get up to Manchester. I thought that was that was pretty clever. Yeah. Although that reminds me, uh, since we were talking about music earlier, they have that kind of bit in the middle where they're grocery shopping, mm -hmm. and that's the part where maybe I thought the music was a little yeah too like a, on the nose because they Weezer song like drops in. <laughs> I don't know what song it was, but it sounded too like happy, and then I got that feeling of it was trying too hard to tell me how to feel, sort of. Yeah, for sure. You see, that was a moment I liked, and I liked that the movie did stuff like that. Yeah, where it. It like is finding space within these apocalypse stories to like be in a good mood and like have a good time and like show them bonding over something other than trauma. Oh yeah, I mean that <laughs> I'm absolutely fine with. I love the moment of it. Yeah, it's a beautiful moment. I just thought the music that's fair itself was a little too cheesy. Yeah, I, I guess I, I was along for the ride at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was one. I think that's my favorite thing about this movie is mm -hmm. that it found this space for like happiness and togetherness that wasn't just based on. Like having survived a thing together, but like You're actually right. enjoying yeah. each other's company and like learning to grow closer. I think when the movie was doing that, it was really effective and um, kind of set itself apart from other zombie franchises like The Walking Dead or. Yeah, I thought about that. None of the other ones that I think about have <clears throat> really have that kind of moment. No, because they have characters grow closer together. And like my point of reference here is The Walking Dead, because that's the one I've unfortunately seen the most. <laughs> <laughs> and. and they have they do have the characters grow close together but it's always via trauma it's like they come together and there's some terrible thing that they survive together and like that's why they're closer together and it has little to do with like who they are as people i feel like most of the time mm -hmm. and this one finds space for them to like be people in this situation instead of people yeah. who survive the situation they get to exhibit a bit of their own like pre-apocalypse personality right right and I, I like that about this movie a lot i think that it does that um really well how those moments when craftsman I, yeah, I think that's what's appealing about the movie is that it's not, it's not like too grim. Yeah, right. It's not a Warner Brothers film. <laughs> right, right. Not a Batman film. Yeah, right? there's no like moment of levity in Batman. And no, no, not the recent ones, anyways. Yeah, and I, I think that's what's appealing about this film. I, I like also how it kind of grows. Like we start with like just the just Cillian Murphy, mm -hmm. and then we slowly add characters and lose characters, and then it. It kind of like 
op- really opens up when we meet our uh, military folks. Right. And, well, they start discussing like what what is happening in Paris right now. Like how how is it that things could have escaped this island? Did they or didn't they? And like that kind of you know, like placing this within a world. Um, yeah, a world where like you don't know totally like what's happening like outside. They have no way yeah. of finding out, so you're right. just as uninformed as them. I thought that was very compelling. Yeah, I think that that worked as well. Um, I, I, I like that about it. Yeah. Um, and then, like, for a little while in the middle, it's like a road trip movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I guess I guess this is what we're doing now. Yeah. And, like, I like that about it, too. Like, the, there aren't that many zombie attacks here. Right? There's a handful, but not a lot. Yeah, it wasn't as, like, dense as I remembered it to be. Yeah. It was, like, in, in other, like, zombie media, like, <laughs> you'll eventually get to a scene where there's, like, a thousand zombies right. and we never like get there they, they get close enough they get to like dozens but I don't feel yeah. like <laughs> I mean like it served its purpose in the movie right I don't feel like it would have been better if there were a thousand yeah no I think yeah. no I think this is a point to the most credit yeah. that it, it doesn't yeah, yeah it feels very sparse like the emptiness is like unnerving yeah, yeah for the, sure which is how the movie opens right because you have Silly Murphy walking through not like hordes because you'll see other movies that will populate those streets with zombies that are just like not paying yeah. attention to people or whatever, and like this movie doesn't do that. It's just empty. Those those shots were quite uh, triumph because that's yeah. like they, they clearly just like did that real. I don't think there's much di- digitization. I wonder how you do that. Since you have to make sure like there's no activity in any of the windows. You have to I think clear you out shoot the river. really early in the morning. Okay. I think you shoot at like five and you block everything off, like yeah. in either direction. Right. So it's probably like a Sunday. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. going to work. I, I yeah. think you got to do a little editing to make sure there's no activity in any windows in the background because they do a lot of shots with tons of buildings in the background. Right? Yeah, everywhere they are though is like very intensely populated areas of because oh, yeah. they, they show one in um, <clears throat> not one in Bridge but the other I forget what that walkway is. What, the one uh, next to Big Ben. Yeah, the one next to Big Ben. It definitely has a name but I don't remember what it's Yeah, called. and they're, they're at like King's Cross at one point mm-hmm. and I the forget. Ferris wheel is in the The track. Ferris wheel, yeah. yeah. So th- those are all like tourist areas and business areas mm-hmm. so yeah it's very goes, impressive i'm pretty sure yeah. he goes through piccadilly circus at one point yes. they yes. boarded it up with the uh missing people's posters yeah yeah so I, that was one of the shots where you, you do wonder like how they pulled it off um and you're probably right yeah it's probably off you just shoot really early block everything and, and get the purpose for right. city yeah <laughs> pay a big fee probably um but yeah but that i think that was a really effective way i've had a significant portion of the budget of the movie just went towards that yeah, like those few openings. Yeah, I didn't see much budget anywhere but else. But it's so. pretty striking, though. Like those are, I think that's one of the best parts of the movie. I agree. It's just so well done. Yeah. It's so impressive. Yeah. Um, so also how God Silly Murphy is. He always looks like that. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> particularly God, especially when he's waking up. You. He, yeah, that's he, true. He puts his arms out like uh, Christ, and, and then yes. he's, you can see all his ribs and like. Yeah. And, yeah. he, and, he, and he hangs dick in this, this yeah. movie yeah, too. Yeah, he is naked. Yeah. He's lucky he didn't starve to death in his coma, right? Does, wouldn't that happen if there's nobody around to like, watch yeah, you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, not clear how that actually played out. But yeah, the 20 days. It was like 28 days of it, right? Or maybe 25 if it took a few days for stuff to happen. But, yeah, that was, that was not clear. Um, what do we think of the end of this movie? Like the very end when they get rescued? Or? No, no, like the, the conclusion with the military guys. I, I like that they like the what I liked about that is the, t- the turn that it takes it, like, it gets like very dark because it seems like they're kind of saved <laughs> um, and they have the, the like revelation over time that they're just like going to be captors and slaves yeah uh, <laughs> I, I like that twist to it or the, the, that like turn which is probably easy to see coming now having watched The Walking Dead or you know movies yeah or, or movies <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I like that that change okay yeah. cause for me that was the on top of the Dutch angles that was the other part of the movie that I had the biggest problem with cause I feel like A they just like abandon all of Celia Murphy's characterization up until this point he like becomes Batman for a while yeah, yeah. I, I was about, I was gonna mention that was a little weird that he starts out as just like a hapless innocent guy, and then becomes a literal ninja. You know? <laughs> right, it's like a little strange. Okay, fine. But then the bigger problem is that they just damsel the Naomi Harris character real hard. Yeah, and like she just loses all agency and all characterization up until that point, and is literally just there to be rescued. 
and yeah. like it's a really common critique, but this like leaned into that trope so exuberantly and like so egregiously. I was I was I was really kind of uh, thrown for a loop by it. Well, clearly, Garland's learned from this based on right. Oh, because like, later is like explicitly answering that. Right? Yeah, like, it's, for sure. It's like kind of about why that's wrong. So yeah, to his credit. He eventually gets over it, but here, holy shit! Like that's it, it. It's not. It's not any kind of critique of it. Not any kind of new spin on it. It is just that. Like the woman is captured by the bad guys and needs to be rescued by the, the male lead, and he does it by like exerting violence on everybody. Yeah. And it's like, okay, <laughs> is that what this movie is? This movie that was kind of about like people learning to build a community and come together and overcome external hardship, like through you know togetherness. Like now, it's just about this guy being violent at these other dudes to save some lady so she doesn't get raped, which is like even more leaning into that trope. Like that the, the worst that the only way that the the woman can be punished is via sexual violence. Like okay, like I guess <laughs> I guess that's where we are now. And like that felt really tired to me and I feel like if this kind of thing were to come out today, that would not fly. Like that would just that would get scorched and correctly like that. That yeah, especially when like she's shown to be so much more effective than yeah. Tilly Murphy. She's the one killing all the zombies and teaching them how it works, and like he's the one that's holding her back and, and all this yeah. stuff. And then all of a sudden he's zombie ninja, and she can't figure out how to escape from like two doofus soldier guys. It's like, yeah. Okay, like that's that that's what this movie's about now. Um, so that was fun because yeah. I, I I felt like the movie was doing something really strong and interesting, like right up until that point. And then it like goes back to it right at the end, where like they have this little house on the hillside and they're like happy together, and it's like kind of a tonal whiplash. Yeah, I. So this is a different complaint, I guess, but I was also very happy with her character being like the very like emotionally detached person who's not afraid to do what it takes to survive and mm-hmm. is only concerned about her own survival and that kind of stuff. And I guess it's a fairly common character trope in these sorts of environments, but I feel like usually. It's always about how people are held back by their emotions and they care too much, and so they end up getting killed by zombies because you know they can't deal with their loved ones being infected or whatever. Right. Like she had no problem with like just killing that random guy because he got bitten like as soon as it happened, right? So it was a little disappointing to see her soften up so quickly over the course of the movie um, while well, she was traveling with Cillian Murphy. Yeah, well, even that could have worked, I think, because then the movie is about like how she's wrong, right? Like if she learns how isolating yourself and like looking out for number one is not effective and how you survive better when you work as a community like that's a that's a compelling and a, and a, and a good good messaging which is one of the things the movie's trying to do right and then they kind of run away from it yeah and and that that feels like a, a, a disappointment to me I think the movie could have been saved if he had killed Cillian Murphy at the end which is like what I thought was going to happen I thought that she was going he was going to like attack the guy that was attacking her, kill him, and she would think he was infected and murder him. They, they did set that up. They yeah. set it up, and I thought they should have gone for but it. But she, she softened up just enough to not, to, to hesitate. That one right, and I think that that would have, like, driven that message home more, that, like, she didn't learn to let people in, and because of that, she ends up killing, like, the only ally that she has. And, like, that could have worked, and, like, yeah. instead, they just, like, have him make out for a while, which doesn't make any sense at all. Um, the movie does have um, multiple ending shot, and the one that's oh, on really? Hulu is like the cinematic ending. It, but there's like uh, at least one like dark ending where he like doesn't survive the like the getting shot at the end. Oh, and I think okay. there's like another ending as well, but I'm not familiar with it. Okay, I, I have no idea. Yeah, they shot a few, and I think they weren't sure which way to go with it, and I think they chose the like happy one. Yeah, the happy one, just cause after. Yeah after like all the events I think they were like trying to bring it back up right I, I like the, the, the idea of like a happy zombie movie right like that, that's cool to me I um, really like the moment when he's like lying down and he sees the jet plane flying over and he realizes that maybe there is still a world beyond yeah yeah that could go to yeah I like that moment a lot too that's almost like enough for me though like I don't know if I need the like Happy the cottage ending, right? Yeah, yeah. okay. okay. I, I get that, um, but I like that the, the visual storytelling there is really effective, especially with yeah. like post Brazil, right? Because like Brazil kind of leads you down that path a little bit, and then pulls right. the rug in. It's like, like, like no, actually, everything's terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sucks. And, uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, remarkably similar. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I hear it. yeah, and because there was an alternate ending for Brazil too, where they leave the rug right there, and he just <laughs> continues. <laughs> Everything works out. Yeah, rugs everywhere, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they're fine. Um, and this movie like did that. They the, they stuck with the ending that Terry Gilliam hated. Another frequent user of Dutch angles who used them correctly. So compare uh, Terry Gilliam and and Danny Boyle to learn about Dutch angles. So yeah, no, I, I I get that point, but on the other hand, like I I feel like there are plenty of zombie movies out there where terrible shit happens the whole time, right? And like if you want that, it's it's available for you. Yeah. I, I do like that this movie is clear in its the the ide- ideology of the military characters is like evil and disgusting. Yes, and I think if this movie had come out even a year later, they wouldn't have been able to do that because yeah, we were in like the throes of 9-11 and, and, and I'm yeah. sure that this was shot before 9-11 or before definitely Iraq invasion yeah. as well mm-hmm. which the UK participated in very actively yeah and, 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 I, I imagine that the the like post 9-11 UK nationalism lagged a little bit behind the US well because they didn't get there like 9-11 until like Close to the subway 2004 bombings. yeah the subway right. I think it was in 4 that sounds right yeah it predates this yeah, um, and so I, 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 I get that. Um, yeah. So yeah, you're you're right. That makes sense. And this is a very British movie. Yeah. Like it's British actors, British director. Yeah, shot in Britain the whole time, funded by the national lottery and all that. Like, yeah, this is this is a British movie, um, which is cool. Like I think the only other one we've seen so far is Attack the Block. So oh, yeah. it's, it's neat that we're we're finding another one here. Yeah, but, yeah, I think. I like that at least that message is clear. Yeah, I think other films would not have been able to do that. Yeah. Uh, what do we think of the? Um, or chosen not to. But what do we think of the, the military leader guy there, the ultimate villain who also played the priest in Leftovers? And I was kind of surprised to see him in this one. <laughs> but uh, what do we think of that? Guy? I think he was great. Yeah, like he was so good at like the air that he has of like command, and he's able to just like yeah, over like the rowdy frat boy soldiers. <clears throat> yeah, and but but at the same time he just like is able to say and do incredibly evil things without kind of like making it yeah. Like he, he says, says, yeah or he or he communicates these evil ideas in like a very matter of fact way yeah right like there's it's like this is good we have to capture these women to break them that's just how the world is now right like that that kind of thing yeah on um, extreme ends of like conservative ideology this is accepted right yeah the, yeah that like traditional family values right Right, and that, yeah. that, that any any act is justified to in extreme enough scenario yeah, for the family unit. Yeah. Whereas, like what they're showing with uh, Naomi Watts and Sam Murphy and Hannah, 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 I think Hannah the daughter. Hannah. Yeah. No, Harris. Is the, Harris. Not sorry. Watts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Harris. Mm-hmm. Sam Murphy. Right. They have yeah. a makeshift family. They have a makeshift family, and they're yeah. able to you know work together as as a family unit without falling into like a traditional. Uh, a layout of a family, right? And Even the, the fact that they're mixed race, I think, is important. I, I agree, right. and it, and it shows like another route for survival, right? So, like on the one hand, you have the regimented conservative military branch, and on the other hand, you have a makeshift like hippie commune style thing, <laughs> where they're just like raiding grocery stores and you know sleeping on the ground and and things like that. Um, and it's just one is shown to be inviting and nonviolent and supportive and healthy and the other one is shown to be destructive and and violent yeah um, yeah i think the masculinity of the soldiers is also a big part of oh yeah it. absolutely it's like that like aggressive desire to have sex and that kind of thing well that is them to do these terrible things yeah, yeah. And do violence and they're yeah. shown to be like hourly down and mm-hmm. yeah 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 and you, you described it correctly earlier i think frat fratty is yeah exactly okay. yeah they're all like making fun of each other for not being man enough and stuff. Right, and the, the lowest one on, on the totem pole there is the one who's on kitchen duty and he has the apron on the whole yeah, time. It's like of course. the one that's not performing masculinity as well as the other is, is the one that has the least social uh, capital in, in this group. Whereas that is just not a thing with, with our heroes, right? Like there is no sense of social capital at all. Like they're just all equivalent. Um, and then that is a good message. And that that is to Alex Garland's and Danny Boyle's credit um, that they that they draw that out. Yeah. Um, how do we think this? We talked about it a little bit, I guess, but like this does feel like the beginning of like a wave of zombie 
media that we saw since then. The biggest one is obviously Walking Dead, but there's been a lot of other stuff in video game media and comics and, yeah. and television movies. Um, how do we feel this one like fits in there? Um, and how it compares either in terms of quality or messaging with like other zombie stuff we've seen since then? Right, because I, I, I feel like Walking Dead, it, in a sense Walking Dead is the first because the comics come earlier. Mm-hmm. Like the comics have to show are based on like they've been running forever. And when did those start? Same time. The first like edition of Walking Dead like was being produced like at when this came out. It had already been written. Okay. And it came out like within a few months of like this. Right. So like okay. it had really good timing. So so the <laughs> yeah. intro similarities really are coincidental. Totally right? coincidental. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, they are. And like that like Walking Dead should get a lot the comics should get a lot of credit. Like it, it, it started Image Comics. Image Comics is a huge, huge deal at this point. Like they've created so many excellent stories since then and it's really wouldn't exist without the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um so say what you will about those comics, which I haven't read because four hundred issues or whatever. But like they did do this great service for the comics world yeah. in bringing image into existence. Okay. Um, well, you guys are always talking. Uh, I always hear people talk about The Walking Dead in kind of a negative way. Right? I, so, like, so, you describe what it does wrong. So, I I liked the first season of The Walking Dead like the quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The first episode's good. I like this season as well. I think, like, the season for me, I think, moves. It feels like very well paced yeah. they get somewhere like there's a story that they're there's a goal to tell. yeah move towards it and even though the goal is like a bit of folly they still get there yeah with it. where walking dead fell flat for me is after that first yes. season the second season in particular because they sit in a barn and argue the whole season and no zombie attacks happened. Okay. <laughs> so the zombie show suddenly becomes devoid of zombies and becomes yeah, but about these things art. are always about people and the interactions with each other, right? So you just cut out the middleman. Right. But <laughs> seeing just like these characters argue in a barn for like twelve episodes is not enjoyable. Uh-huh. Uh and this it loses track of its goal. Like there's like no point to this show right well I, I, what, my biggest problem with The Walking Dead is that it loses it, 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 it is characterized so poorly like all of these people like don't have any kind of firm qualities or if they do they're only told in like the broadest least interesting ways and so you end up just like rooting for the zombies <laughs> yeah because you're just like I can't wait for a zombie attack to happen so we can stop watching arguing like, right or like maybe it's... they'll eat one of the shitty characters yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's really like the walking arguing is really what the show should be uh, called. Like, right? It, I, it's so. I've heard it's called the Talking Dead. Well, that's the follow-up show that the Chris Hardwick put together. Okay, never mind. Um, to an actual show. Never talk mind. about the Walking Dead. Okay. Um, before it turned out that he's a super creep. Like he yeah, was not go. a good dude. Uh, yeah. What would happen? Yeah. So like right after, it's like Talking Thrones. I don't know if you watched that, but like right after the episode would air, like Hardwick would like. Okay. have someone from the show and some other guests and they would talk about what happened okay. I thought it was and, people making fun of the show which I think was actually <laughs> modeled on there's like a Real Housewives show that like does the same thing where like the producers of, the producer of Real Housewives like basically does this and they talk about like what happened okay and, I did not realize that That's yeah I think Real Housewives figured that out before anybody I, else I, I, I always thought it was the Walking Dead that did that first um, but you might be right and uh yeah, I, I think I watched through season three and I was just like, that's as far as I got through this. This is so. They didn't get back to like boring. zombie stuff or not. not I, I think they enough. did eventually, but I just like don't have the time to invest in media that's like not good. Right. So even if it like comes back around and like, okay. this is like, we're all just like sprinting towards the grave and like I don't need to like waste my precious <laughs> seconds like watching, watching yeah. Walking Dead hoping that it gets better. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Was um, the, were the comics better though? I haven't read the comics because, like okay. I said, I'm not going to yeah. read a million of them. But yeah, there's tons. Yeah, yeah it, image the lore is like very deep. Yeah, image comics in general are like a sign of quality. Like okay. they are by and large very good. So it you do if you are super into zombie stuff, you could probably read the Walking Dead comics and like get some good content there. Like that, yeah, surprise me. The the genre is so expansive; it's difficult to like discuss I mean Walking Dead is obviously the major one mm-hmm. um, the other ones are like the Romero remakes but even those feel like kind of niche films at this point because George Romero started to like remake his own films in the 2000s kind of like under the guise of like let's 
do what 28 Days Later did and like mm-hmm. have the zombies move faster and right and we've made, um, we have a budget now like, right yeah see made Night of Living Dead for like no money right? like yeah literally zero dollars like, <laughs> yeah and, and um some of his films are good I think um the one in the mall which I think is Dawn I think that's the dead, yeah is actually surprisingly good that's the Z- well, it's kind of Zack Snyder one is that Dawn with that yeah yeah, yeah, it's like the Snyder remake like of the, best the original. Zack That's Snyder a, movie. Yeah, it's actually like really good. Yeah. Um, and then there's Day of the Dead, which I think has like good politics, but it's like not a great movie. Okay. Um, it would, it would quickly like there's like this tower and like all these like rich people like live on the tower and inside the tower like life is very normal it's like a mall and they just like walk around like the mall buying things got it and then out at the base of the tower is like where all the like poor people live and then outside of there's like a moat that's where all the zombies are um and there's like interesting like class politics in in the movie not a subtle metaphor there (laughs) yeah no not not at all but I think it uses it well and that's like one thing that's like interesting about it um, but it's not like a good movie okay. or like something that you <laughs> like seek out right and I think um, that's, that's part of the reason like why zombies as a trope have had such staying power is that the metaphor is so malleable yeah like you can have zombies stand in for so many things like it's poor people it's uh, political unrest and like you know people being angry at each other which is what happened here it's an environmental allegory right it's about consumerism right you can have so many different and anything that says like you're not thinking about this well or not thinking about this clearly, like you can have zombies stand in for that, and like your movie will function and and make sense, right? Like that, and I think that that is part of the reason, on top of just like the broad popularity of horror, like part of the reason that we've seen so many zombie movies lately. Yeah, um, and I mean especially in a political climate, climate where the problems really are, at least the problems we, we think the problems are, people. You know, not thinking very much about what they're doing, or not, or just following along with wherever the massive folks are, are moving towards. When when that is the critique of every political idea, which really is the critique of every political idea right now, of course we're going to see a lot of zombie media, right? Like that's mm-hmm. just what zombies are, and it, it, it fit, fits into that that trope so cleanly, like so easily. Yeah, like I can think of like a good zombie, few zombie movies that have come out after this, but they're all like very niche. Well, zombie Zombieland, I think, is really good. Samuel's good. Um, yeah. Wreck was good. Yeah, um, and then there's a Canadian one that I forget. Where it's not even really a zombie movie, but um, it felt like there was a lot, but I can only think of Zombieland. Well, there's, there's, um, Train of there's World War Z. There's oh, Train of Zombieland. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. World War Z. And was that was so forgettable. So bland. I couldn't. Yeah. Even, I couldn't even remember it right now. <laughs> it was a definition of an airplane movie. Yeah. 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 I skipped it, and we'll continue to skip it. It has like one cool scene where they're like escaping out of this building, but okay. otherwise it's just like. The only part what, I like. What are we doing here? <laughs> the only part I like was when he wrapped magazines around his arms. I thought yeah, that's that, pretty clever. That's part of the building escape yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah. Right. I never see them do that. In Oh, um, what's the Will Smith one? Oh, I Am Legend. I Am Legend. Yeah, that not, one's decent. It's not strictly a zombie movie. But it, 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 it's the same idea. The, yeah. In terms of, like, mindless alien forms, like, living among Yeah, like, 28 Days Later isn't really zombie. Like, they're not undead, right? Which is the sure. classic, like, yeah, zombie. it's true. We expand our definition of what zombie is, I guess. Yeah. Um, I remember liking I Am Legend. I haven't seen it in a minute. I wonder if it it's had a much better deleted ending. That's like the. It seems to be a common uh, tale of that movie. Yeah, that seems to be like a common theme here, right? Yeah. Like the whole, there were alternative endings here, but yes, I'm Legend did have a better ending. Have you heard about this, Crossman? No. What? Uh, so the, the so the ending is that because he, he dies in the cinematic, world, right? Like saving he like gives them the medicine. So yeah. I'm, I'm correct me if I misrepresent some of the details here, but the idea is that it turns out that the. Uh, beings that he's been slaying this whole time are actually like basically functional and like can sentient like have a have a community and like have a society and he has been terrorizing them for years and years and like slaughtering everybody that's the that's the book ending right so the the title i am legend refers to him being their legend like he is what they would tell their children about like scare them and shit like he is the the boogeyman that is you know the, the great evil for these people. Yeah, in in the book, they're kind of like Dracula-like vampires. Right. Yeah. 
right. and he as a vampire hunter is like very scary to them right and, and, and he is the legend that's how it should have gone and that's, that's, that's an awesome clever. way to flip the story in the that's movie clever. he just sacrifices himself to kill a bunch of vampires and then the like woman and her daughter get away yeah like the least interesting possibility they give a little bit of like because they imply that the vampires are like trying to save the one that he's like captured to like take okay. the blood, but sure. then they don't. Yeah, because they were setting up the proper ending. Right. Yeah, because they did shoot it. I'm pretty sure that the footage is out there. Yeah. And then they just run away from that. Cowards. And yeah, you're right. That is cowardly. <laughs> yeah, that is cowardly filmmaking. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like anything else zombie related that was good. <laughs> if we're willing to leave the realm of movies, I think my favorite piece of zombie media was The Last of Us. Yeah, I heard that was It's one of my favorite yeah. single-player video game experiences maybe ever. I, I just agree. really love the story that was told. I don't remember all the specific details or all the specific messages, but I thought it was interesting an interesting take on like how someone might cope with loss in the event of an apocalyptic event. Apocalyptic event. Yeah. Uh, because like a lot of these zombie-themed um, pieces of media are about how you might band together and find love um, with other people and how that might make you stronger, like what happened in 28 Days Later. Um, but The Last of Us turns that on its head and the main character, Joel, kind of becomes overly attached and becomes a monster because of his fear of further loss because he finds a surrogate daughter. Um, and I thought that was a very interesting take on that trope. I, I agree. Yeah, it, it was really one of the better. Like You could take that story wholesale and just like put it into a prestige TV show. And yeah. not have to change that much. Yeah. Um, yeah, The Last of Us is, is really one of the better modern stories we've gotten. Certainly probably the best one in the zombie genre in general. And it's fair to call that a zombie movie. Like, they're plant monsters or something, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. That's that's probably the, the highest quality storytelling we get here uh, in, in the zombie category. Yeah. Um, any uh, any closing thoughts on, on 28 Days Later? Um, I was worried it would be bad. And I liked it. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Because this is like a movie I haven't seen in like over a decade. And as, as we encountered in earlier episodes, Indeed. movies don't hold up that sometimes. Is, yeah. That is true. Um, yeah, I kind of liked the graininess of the film. It was sure. like kind of yeah. reminiscent of the early 2000s. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I felt like I had to fight through the visual style for a little bit uh, before I got acclimated with it because I really didn't like how it looked. Yeah. I, uh, well, okay. Well, I liked the like film quality. The way in which it's shot, I think, is distracting. Yeah. 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 But beyond the visuals yeah. of the movie, I did enjoy generally, like, you know, the events that happened, the writing and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I really liked the first like two thirds of this movie. Like I was totally on board. I yeah. was really into it. I was into this idea of like the surrogate family being formed and like growing and becoming fuller people out of this traumatic experience and like learning who they are. And I was super, super let down at the ending. Like I just as soon as like the turn happens with the military guys and we have like the Naomi Harris character just like is totally abandoned and we totally lose everything that happened with Cillian Murphy up until this point. Like, I, I thought that was just the laziest possible ending for this movie, and it kind of torpedoed it for me. Um, so I want to see the movie that is written to conclude in the same way that the rest of this movie proceeded through the first, like, two acts, or first, like, act and a half, really. Yeah. Um, and that, that was, unfortunately, not this movie. Um, so I think we saw Alex Garland grow after this. I don't think we really saw Danny Boyle grow after this, <laughs> which is a bummer. Um, but for me, I mean, this is... Why would you when you're being rewarded with... Right, exactly. Showered with Oscars <laughs> and yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> I'm doing everything right. So let's keep I, it I up. forgot to mention... How could you not take that as a sign? Yeah. I forgot to mention, I love a good, like, kind of... The, they have those, like, kind of horror irony moments mm -hmm. that a lot of movies do, and I, I really like the one they did here where the father... Like they get to the military blockade and they realize nobody's there, so they think all is lost because maybe the military must have been killed or something, right? And the father's like, "Oh, there's no more hope for us because we found this thing and there's nobody there, right?" And so he like is angry and he gets infected because he's all depressed and angry and isn't careful. Yeah. And so he dies because he turns into a zombie, right? But that's the moment that the military comes and saves them, right. quote unquote, saves them. But you don't know that they're bad at, at the time. Yeah. So it's like a horrific irony that he gets infected right as they're yeah, it, it works so well and like the reason he gets infected is because he gives into anger which is like yeah. this movie's about like the dangers of rage and the dangers of yeah. of you know 
moving away from the people around you because you're angry, right? Like that. It, it was such a thematically cohesive moment in this film, and then yeah, absolutely. immediately runs away from that. Yeah, and then you had the other horror moment of realizing that maybe his fate was a little better than the main characters would uh, experience. <laughs> yeah, that is that happened to me, but yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- this movie, like. It's it, it's tough for me to like give it a letter grade or something because there's parts that I think are like a solid A and other parts that are like a D. Um, so like I don't know what to think about this one, but um, the the parts I liked I really liked. Um, so in, in that sense, I think it's it's worthwhile and it does kind of set up ideas for both the creators involved here and the genre in general that are explored in further depth in other media. Um, so it, it was worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked it, and I, I kind of want to review um, twenty weeks later. Okay, I'll see what. what how that held up. That one I remember way less. So not a great time, but uh, <laughs> that's perfect. <true. laughs> but yeah, but maybe would like to watch it. So. Okay. Uh, well, we'll be back in a minute with uh, things we've seen. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to things we've seen. Uh, this is when we discuss more recent movies that we have uh, watched in the the preceding weeks. Uh, so uh, Charles, what have you seen lately? I was at home for the holidays with my family, and we were looking for a nice, family-friendly movie that we could all agree to see, and so we all went to see uh, Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, okay. How was it? Um, and I, I don't know what I expected out of this movie, but, <laughs> right? Like I was like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah I, I kind of felt that way. It's supposed to be a sequel to the original Mary Poppins, which was, what, like... 70 years old. It's like Lawrence of Arabia. It's not quite that old. Something. <laughs> 60 or 70 years old by yeah. now, right? It's a timeless classic. Um, it's one of the, I mean, I definitely have seen it many, many, many times. Mm-hmm. And it's full of so many iconic moments and songs that... What, it's one of the greatest children's media like, of all time. It's certainly most popular. And like, you, you can't, it's really hard to catch lightning in a bottle like that twice. Especially when you don't have Julie Andrews. Like, yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. And they certainly don't do it here. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Uh, the movie I thought was okay. It's just, um, I don't know, it's it's overshadowed by the original, obviously, and that makes it harder to appraise this one, or it makes me more harsh on it, even. Yeah. It's just like, it's entertaining, um, but like I didn't feel like the music was all that memorable, mm-hmm. and obviously it's a musical, so you need to have good songs, right? And like nothing really stood out to me about the music in this one. They they don't. There's so many hits in the original that we still remember to this day. Sure. I don't know if any of the songs in this one will be remembered even a year from now. Well, it wasn't even like number one at the box office. I think like no, maybe not. Bumblebee and. Um... Aquaman like blew it out of the water. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Lin Manuel Miranda is the lead, right? One of the leads. He's in the movie. He okay. plays like the. <laughs> did he write the music? Apparently, he did not write the music. So okay. I wonder how much better the music could have been if he had written it. I'm I'm not a Hamilton liker, but the Moana soundtrack is like very good. Yeah, and so you have to wonder. He, yeah. he, I mean, he can write a pop song. Right, like yeah. I, that. I think he's, he has established that at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, if he were to write, just if he were to make a career of just like writing top hits for people, he would be like living large. Yeah, um, yeah. Just I, I thought I liked Emily Blunt's performance. Like, I thought she did a good rendition of the character. Um, there were a few parts that I thought were truly terrible, like when Meryl Streep's character shows up and she's got this horrible like Eastern European accent, yeah. and it feels maybe like racist against gypsies like it, it was really it seemed really really bad um so that really took me out of the movie um there were a few very nice sequences as well like there were some parts that actually had a hand-drawn animation style like in the original cool. which i thought was super magical they like go into a bowl so everything is like on the surface of this bowl and it's like kind of wrapped around it it's all in like the classic disney hand-dry animation style, which I realized seeing this, how much I miss it, because they shuttered their hand-drawn animation studio a long time ago in favor mm-hmm. of, you know, CG animation, right? Yeah. And uh, it was just so vibrant and so beautiful, and I really enjoyed that part of it, but that was just, you know, one or two songs worth before they left that world, and then the rest of the movie just kind of felt like it dragged a bit beyond that. Bummer. Yeah. I haven't seen I it. I don't know why they made this other than hold for money obviously yeah. but yeah. Uh, it, it, 
I'm now in the camp that I don't like the quote unquote live action remakes. And <laughs> like we just don't need sequels to this media. It's like, kind of depressing. You go to the movie theater, you see the posters all in line. You got Dumbo, Lion King, mm-hmm. the new Toy Story, and there's definitely a fourth sequel. People that I'm forgetting. fucking jazz about the Lion King trailer. I was, and I I can't Why? imagine the original Lion King is like perfect. It's a perfect movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's no way to improve on it. Yeah. Also, it's not live action. It's yeah. all CGI. Yeah. There's it's just so different animation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so what are what are we doing here? And it has uh, the same. Uh, James Earl Jones is like doing the yeah, that's right. Like, so all we're doing is just like getting more contemporary famous people to like do voices and remake things that are already good. Like, this is definition of a cash grab. It's they're obviously just like doing it for money. But I, I just like don't understand why why everyone's excited about this. Like, yeah, it, it, to me, it's the, just like audiences like things that are familiar, and Disney has figured this out, and they're taking yeah. that to its logical extreme conclusion, and people are proving them right. They don't have to release stuff from the Disney vaults anymore. They just yeah. remake it. Just remake it and make even more money because you pay, you know, $25 for a ticket now. Yeah, I mean, it's a real shame because, like, starting with, like, Little Mermaid, there's a string of incredible Disney Hit films. after hit after hit. Yeah. And ending probably with The Lion King, although there's... You know, I like Mulan. Oh, yeah, Mulan. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Mulan's real good. Um, so Even the last like animated film that they did, the Atlantis one, is like kind of well, worth yeah. watching. But like even that's like fine. So I don't know. Like what are we doing? Why? Are... Yeah, I mean the, the the obvious answer is the correct one. Just please stop seeing them. Yes. And then maybe it won't be physically responsible for them to keep making them. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Snow White or not Snow White, um, Beauty and the Beast, and I'm not going to see Blind King, and I'm not going to see Mary Poppins either. So I'm doing my part. Yeah, yeah, At least Mary Poppins Returns is an actual <laughs> sequel, not a yes. shot for shot remake. Yeah, that's so. Yeah. Uh, well, Crossman, uh, what did you see? Um, I saw the rock vehicle skyscraper. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's the one where he's missing an arm? He's missing a leg. I mean, a leg? Okay. Uh, yes. So they're, the rock is a former SWAT guy, I guess. Is yeah. you're describing. It's unclear. He's because he always plays like a military guy. Tactical operative. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So he's he at the beginning of the film he loses his leg in like a SWAT operation. Got it. Someone shoots his leg off. Uh, <laughs> no, a suicide bomber no. blows, blows up in front of him. Okay. And he like loses a team member and and his leg. And his leg. Okay. Yeah. Um, we fast forward X number of years <clears throat> and like his doctor that like saved him. He's now married to and they have two children. Uh, he runs a security company, mm-hmm. and he gets a uh, a job um, checking the security systems of a giant skyscraper somewhere in China. Um, it's oh, of course, it's in China. Yes, yes, because yeah. <laughs> yes. we can't we can't make a movie now without pandering to the Chinese. Uh, yeah, although I think the Chinese government's kind of figuring it out, just making their own movies at this point. But if you if you want some of that Chinese box office money, you gotta. Involve the government. Okay. Um, so, uh, hijinks ensue, and, <laughs> and uh, the owner of the building has like pissed off the wrong people, and uh, they're trying to do something in the building. It doesn't become clear until like very late in the, in the film, but they're they're, they're they're looking for something in the building. So the building is like not yet occupied because they're like still testing like all the security systems, but the rock and his family like take residence in one of the condos. Um, and the building has like this big like VR space at the top of the building where they're able to like project anything, which is mostly just like projecting the city and you like look like you're standing in the middle of the air like in the city okay feels um, like there's more room to do interesting yeah stuff. So the uh, an old comrade of the rocks uh shows up um as part of like a, a, another like security operation and draws him away from the building and then he gets like double crossed by that guy and there was like an ipad that controls the building is stolen from the rock. Oh no! And it, like put into the hands of this like like competing security guy. Okay. Um, and 
the there's a like team of SWAT like people in the building that like start a fire like on purpose and then to do something which is like not clear <laughs> you got to the the movie. Um, so the rock has to like evade capture by the police in China get back into the building and save his family all of which he does eventually uh, while the building's on fire so it's like slowly burning down it's basically the towering inferno just like updated. Cool. For at, at some at some point, does he almost fall out of the building but catch his leg on something? Yes, that okay. does happen. That happened in the trailer. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, spoiler: He survives that. Oh, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what's remarkable about this film is that it's clearly ninety nine percent on green screens. Sure. Like literally every scene, even scenes where it's like not necessary, they're <laughs> shooting on on green screens. Um, so they definitely shot this on like a shoestring computer budget um the rock like always is like very compelling yeah uh he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's and like some of the action sequences are like kind of fun like the movie's like not unwatchable like there are like fun elements in this movie you don't have to like care about why things are happening <laughs> um, oh the building's on fire now <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um yeah, it's it's fine. It's basically, um, yeah, it's 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 like a bad '90s Bruce Willis movie, basically. Okay. But so like still watchable because that's The Rock. And, so like, like if Die Hard were shitty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Uh, okay, got it. Yeah, it's Die Hard but shitty. Okay. okay. And made with computers. Okay. And not real buildings. Yeah, that's the shitty part. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah, it's watchable. That's uh, I'll look at that. That is a tepid review. It'll a few hours on your next plane ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, it really is that tepid response. Um, I think I saw a better movie <laughs> than either Mary Poppins. Not very hard. Or or skyscraper. I saw Burning. Um, so Burning is a uh, Korean film directed by Chang Dong Lee. Uh, it stars an actor who I've not seen in anything before called Ah uh, In You, um, and Stephen Yun, who was obviously in Walking Dead, yeah. which we had discussed earlier. It's, best part of that show um, and he's also the best sure. part of this movie um, it's based on uh, Haruki Murakami short story um, have either of you read any Murakami um, he did Kafka by the on no the, I've heard of it but I haven't read any okay so it's very clearly based on Murakami's story because it features uh, Man of Pixie Dream Girl a missing cat and a well um, and that is in like every Murakami story and it's here as well the premise is that um, our lead character, played by Amin Yu, um, Lee Jong Su, is the character's name, um, is working some menial job in a large city in Korea. He encounters a girl that he knew from school that he does not recognize immediately. She does manic facing dream girl things that fall into <laughs> a quick relationship. She leaves on a trip and comes back to, to Africa. She comes back from Africa a couple weeks later with Steven Yun in tow. Um, and he is, in every sense, more masculine, cooler, richer, more capable, more confident than the guy that she met before, and our lead is immediately insecure about this. Um, the turn happens when the girl disappears, um, there, and that, that's really what drives the, the story forward from there. So it becomes this mystery story where the lead, our lead character is suspicious of Stephen, is looking into his background, is trying to track this girl's most recent steps and figure out where she went. It could from there play out like a pretty traditional mystery story, right? Like the pieces are all there to, to do that. And it does something much more ephemeral. Like if this is a, a very quiet, slow burn movie. It doesn't give you many clear answers and it's kind of hard to like really get a hold of it and to grasp it and figure out what it's doing and why it's operating in the way that it is. It, ends up being a critique of consumerism and purchase masculinity and the the notion that you can go and buy a personality and, think, and those types of ideas, but it is less concrete than I'm making it sound. Um, so it is a movie that I think a lot of people would find boring. Um, there aren't many <laughs> lengthy sequences where not a lot of stuff happens. It's a lot of like the lead character like wandering around in empty fields, like trying to look for evidence that isn't there and like answering phone calls that have no one on the other side of them and you know things like that um, but uh, Stephen Young is 
riveting in every single scene that he's in. He's easily the strongest part of this movie, and his performance holds it together. Um, it's worth seeing, um, especially if you are into you know kind of off kilter mystery stories, which is what this one is. Um, so I, I would recommend it. I don't think it's in theaters anymore, so it's probably available on streaming shortly because like the turnaround for foreign films to get on streaming is pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, the, the movie's called Burning. Um, it's worth checking out if you're interested in, in Korean films or Murakami. Um, and, and I liked it. So thumbs up for Burning. Great. A mystery story. Yeah. Cool. Um, my pick? Okay, so this is what I've wanted to do for like since we started doing this show, but we couldn't because of our rules, and now we can't the rules. Um, so uh, we're gonna watch The Apartment, and this is a, the Billy Wilder is probably his most famous, quite possibly his best movie, um, starring uh, Jack London and Shirley MacLaine in her first role, um, and it is really good. I think it holds up really strongly. This is not one I'm reticent about returning to. I think that it was just actually a, still a funny movie, still a really good movie, um, and I think we'll have a good time watching it. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you're liking the show, please share it on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on other, other things, I guess. <laughs> Talk to your friends about it. Um, it really does make a difference. Uh, and feel free to, to comment as well or share. We, we like engaging with the audience. And join us next week for The Apartment.